0: another episode of that's a wrap podcast i am your co-host jay our co-host dre no, that's not him barking but uh he <laughs> could not make uh, today's show uh but i am joined by jason what's up buddy what's up
1: man a little unconventional i'm in my uh relative's basement you know you gotta ball is life you gotta pod anywhere in any place you can at the moment but regardless to say the raptors won baby the raptors won it's a brand new season tied 2-2 two, two. oh this one feels good
0: it feels really good and I, I don't know i think every game up until now has had some sort of a turning point and i'll be honest with you i don't know what it was specifically for this game it's, it was a one of those you know you put your hard hat on and just grind mm-hmm. it and that's what these games are all going to be right and i
1: feel like this one was just uh, the raptors played harder they played scrappier they played tougher and it could, you know, to a certain degree, they could have played a little bit dirtier, but you have to do what's best to win this game. And we're not trying to punch anybody, we're not trying to get anybody's legs, but we dove for the ball. Like the amount of times that Lowry and, and um, Fred Van Vliet and Serge, for that matter, they all doe for the ball whenever they could. And those are the 50 50 balls that you have to get. Right, and I just feel like the Raptors had it the entire night. They never really relinquished their lead. I know the biggest lead that the Raptors had was 11. The only biggest lead that the Boston had was three. I feel, I just feel like the Raptors out hustled the Boston Celtics today.
0: Yeah, no, and and a lot of the numbers do speak to what you're saying, right? The the Raptors are not a team known for hitting the glass and getting offensive boards. And up until mm-hmm. that last desperation surge by the Celtics the Raptors had a significant offensive rebound advantage. It, it, it The gap closed at the end there as Boston was playing a little bit more desperate, but at the end, the Raptors, which is a team who ranked 24th in the NBA in offensive rebounds, uh, out-rebounded the Boston. Uh, and that was a really positive sign for, you know, what you were talking about in terms of the hustle plays. And the game was one of those where it, it really looked like your typical Raptors game where, where defense is the calling card and threes were finally falling. Oh you know, yeah. We, we talked about this in the last one, right? And um you know, it was like 10 out of 40, 11 out of 40, 13 out of 40. It was it was bound to happen and it happened. 17 out of 44. What do you think?
1: The three-pointers, oh, they look they look good, but I'm I'm also looking at the other side. 7 out of 33 for Boston. That's I I I mean, I'm not a too big of a Boston watcher, but From this series, it's a little uncharacteristic to have seven three-pointers, 20%. And I just feel like that speaks on the Raptors' defense. They were up on every single shot, every three-pointer they could. They never made it comfortable. I know that looking at the stats right here, Jalen Brown, 2-4-11. 18% 18% from from three-point land and he's the one who scares me the most when it comes to the threes the Raptors just made them feel uncomfortable they made them feel the Raptors every single shot it was like if you're going to score on me you're going to earn it so I'm just really happy to see the effort that they put in the game number four
0: yeah and you know to add to the numbers portion of this you know you, you bring up Jalen Brown and you know two of 11 is not great four of 18 overall is not great that's kind of like what Jason Tatum had in the previous game But another number that really jumps out to me is nine. Kemba Walker only took nine field goal attempts. Now, if you remember game three and his ability to kind of carry Boston almost to the victory, he was a a menace. And what the Raptors were able to do was limit his his time with the ball. Yes, he had eight assists, which is kind of reminiscent of how he performed uh, in games one and two, where he was more of a facilitator. And uh you know, eight assists is still pretty good. Fifteen and eight's good. But you know, when you're coming off a game where you're over thirty and you almost pull out that victory, you know, that's that's gotta be disappointing. But you know, credit credit to the Raptors for in terms of limiting his shots. They knew that he was a Raptors killer, and you know, um the great Blake Murphy of the Athletic had a great article about you know what to look out for in game four. And one thing he pointed out was you know, I'm not going to give everything away. I, I understand the athletics behind a paywall, but I will say this. He added some some numbers and some validity to the fact that Kemba Walker is the number one Raptor killer more than any other player, more than LeBron, you know, more than anyone you can think of. And, uh, you know, we saw that in the last game and in this game, they did an outstanding job of limiting his ability to to punish them. And, you know, this has got to be great news moving forward i mean like think of it this way jason if, if if the raptors had won the first two games and then lost the next two games this feeling would not be solid going into game five right it, there's there's something to be said about momentum and it certainly feels like
1: two one well absolutely i mean you remember last game obviously who's going to forget the 0.5 seconds left on the clock og oh, miracle shot but you heard Fred Van Vliet going into the locker room. I'm going to bleep this out, but they done f***ed up. They f***ed up, right? And you just you just feel the momentum swing. You feel their confidence. You could kind of see it on the floor today. Just by I said in the beginning, the hustle. Uh, I, I just feel like whenever you saw close-ups of of the Celtics players, of Kemba, of Jason Tatum, usually they're all smiling and giddy from the first two games. And then today they were just like, they were sweating a lot. They were huffing and puffing. It's because the confidence of the raptors were wearing them down yes there were still needing of productivity from the bench 23 points though most of it from serge Ibaka. and why what I, what I want to point out is that he only played 22 minutes 18 points seven rebounds perfect perfect from three-point land like the fact that Marcus saw, I know that he caught fouled out, but I mean, when you bring in Serge Ibaka, it's almost like another boost of confidence. It's almost like he wasn't going to let this team fail from the from the jump when he was in, shooting those three with confidence, getting those offensive rebounds, getting those putbacks. I know that we're, we still need some more production from Norman Powell and hopefully from somebody else. But when we have Serge Ibaka playing like that, I mean, I don't know anybody on Boston that can stop him.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, you, you bring up the fact that the bench scored twenty-three. For Boston, their bench scored twenty-four. So again, for the fourth consecutive game, Boston's bench um at least marginally outperforms Toronto's. But I, if you look at their benches all together, it's it's obvious that Ibaka had the biggest impact. And, you know, where they didn't score as much as Boston's bench, and it should be an area they should be dominating, it's still good to see Ibaka making his presence known. Ah, uh, that block on Tice earlier in the game was really highlight worthy, and oh, yeah. you know I I thought I thought Powell would have a chance to do a li- have a little bit of a breakout. He had five points in that first quarter. He looked like he was in control on the defensive end. You know, not giving away you know ticky tack fouls like he did in Game Three. Um, but then he mostly disappeared, and and that's quite unfortunate. Yeah. You know, we saw this in last year's playoffs where Nick Nurse has no problem running out six guys. And that's it. That's essentially what yeah. he was doing here. Norm Powell was just a stopgap. Um, he wasn't asked to do much offensively because it's just not there for him right now. Uh Defensively, it was just more just don't screw anything up. Just be a body in there. And, and um, you know, I think he forced one turnover at one point, which is great, but uh, the Raptors have done this before and Nick nurse has done this during last year's playoff run is, you know, if, if there's only six guys he trusts and, and it's obvious because I guess I second game in a row where Terrence Davis continues to sit on the pine, even though he could provide a boost, Nick nurse is riding his starters. And I think that brings me to my next point is when looking forward to game five, Jason, this is the second consecutive game now where yes, the Raptors got the victory, but they really piled on the minutes here. Kyle Lowry, 43 minutes and 47 seconds. Fred Van Leet, 44 minutes, 49 seconds. Pascal Siakam, 45 minutes and 34 seconds. So a ton of minutes. And I believe all three of those guys played the entire second half. And are you concerned about this heading into game five? Like could fatigue start to wear in or is this, you know what, we're we're, we're we got the heart of a champion and and we're going to ride this until the next round.
1: This, the two series in the Eastern Conference right now, Boston and Raptors tied. And the other one, but Miami is up 3-0. And the reason for that is, I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of reasons, mainly because Miami is really dat- damn good and good at defense. But you got to ride your starters, man. You have to. And the fact that Bud is making uh, sure that Giannis doesn't have more than 38 minutes, what is seven minutes going to do? He, that, that kid is 25 years old. He should definitely play more than 42 minutes. And now look at you now, like they're they're 0-3 and, and no team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. So you have to ride your guys, right? I get it. Pascal is playing 45. Lowry, who is 35 years old, is playing 43. It doesn't look good statistic-wise, but if your bench isn't giving it to you and you don't trust your bench, you have to ride your guys. And that to me, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's that's okay. These guys aren't flying to uh, different cities. They're back in their hotel rooms. They're getting treatment by their by their staff. For a vet like Lowry, who knows how to take care of his body, for I mean, he's been in the league for God knows how long. I feel like you got to ride them out. So no, I'm I'm not concerned. What I am concerned is, I like the fact that Siakam is the highest scoring uh, raptor today. However, what's concerning to me is. You're two for thirteen from the three-point line, man. Like you're fifteen percent. I understand that you're trying to get your mojo going from the threes, and in, in order to to kind of free yourself up and get you get more space uh in the lane but when you keep on forcing those three pointers early in the shot clock that's when you're going to allow boston to come back you're running backwards into transition and you're going to get into foul trouble like many times that happened in this game so i'm hoping siak like siakam is slowly slowly but surely surely getting his rhythm back i just hope it comes sooner rather than later
0: yeah, and you know, another point about his stats there. Yes, the 2 of 13 was was really cringeworthy and mm-hmm. you know, it got to a point, I don't know if you agree with me here, but it got to a point where every time he lined up for a three, I was cringing. And uh yes. on the flip side of his stats though, 8 of 10 inside the arc. Now that is that's the promising part, right? That is that's a sign that his 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 game inside the arc is starting to work. We saw the the fadeaway uh work on on once st- spot we saw the the mid-ranger over brown work a couple of times and that is what really has me excited about siakam moving forward is you know yeah. for for most of those first three games nothing was working either inside or out the fact that inside is starting to look good and we saw glimpses of it in the third quarter of game three that has me hopeful that he's he's on the upswing and, and slowly getting back to what we're used to seeing uh, i think the three-pointer you know it I I don't even know if I want to say it will start to fall, but there obviously was a concerted effort to get those launched up. But you take out those those threes and and move them inside the paint, maybe we're talking about a blowout. Um. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of positive signs from the game from Siakam and from the Raptors as a whole. And I agree with you. Let's let's keep riding our starters. Worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. Right now, it's a best of three series, and you know the Raptors have the momentum and to this point have at least answered defensively how to stop each of their stars and you know for this game and for the most part they did that to all of them in this game so uh kudos to Nurse and his plan and kudos to to lowry for for stepping up and you know his stats don't speak enough about what he contributed right 22 11 and seven dimes two steals two blocks and by my count two drawn charges he was just a beast, and you know, God love him, he's, uh, he's going to continue leading us here, and Boston has no answer, and I can't wait for Game 5. Do you have any, any final thoughts here, anything that maybe you think Toronto needs to work on, or, or something to look out for uh, in Game 5?
1: I'm gonna hop on that Kyle Lowry train with you, man. He is the heart of this team. He's at the heart of the champion. You don't see the hustle plays you saw from Fred van Vliet and Serge Ibaka and and Pascal to a certain extent. You don't see that if you don't see your leader diving for the basketball. And let's be real, no no player on this team is 100. Kyle Lowry is definitely not 100, but he's still dying for the basketball. He's still playing hurt, but he's li- he's going to put it all on the court. So. I don't think that as much as sometimes we don't, we feel like we don't have an answer for Campbell Walker, I don't think Boston Celtics has a chance to guarding Kyle Lowry. And let's hope we have that same energy going into Game 5 on Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at That's A Rep Pod. Converse with us before, during, after the game. Follow us on Instagram at That's a Rep Podcast. You know where to find us. Uh, search of Raptors HQ on all your podcasters until Monday. Game 5, baby. That's a rap.